0: Hello, Double Shifters. Uh, Today's audio newsletter is the April 17th edition, Three Lessons in Building Care Solidarity. So this month, I am deep into reporting on the future of the care movement for my Better Life Lab at New America Fellowship. I'm thinking about care to include everything from child care to disability care to elder care, to reproductive rights, and beyond. An important part of this work is changing culture and conversations around care. And some of this will come when more people awaken to the reality that the personal problems they experience with care aren't personal at all. In fact, they are deeply political and required concerted effort, organizing, and policy change, not life hacks. Based on my reporting so far, I want to share a little sneak peek of three big picture ideas I'm developing about how important it is for individuals to reframe our personal experiences with the care crisis and how we can connect our own life challenges to a bigger movement. Number one. We need to zoom out instead of zooming in. Most project managers and therapists would tell you if you're faced with a really huge problem, like care being devalued in American society, rather than getting overwhelmed by the scope of the challenge, break it up into small tasks and digestible chunks. Don't attempt to tackle it all at once. Well, this is perfectly practical advice, That's unfortunately where the consciousness of most people who are affected by the care crisis gets stuck. If you are an unpaid caregiver who needs to procure care, procure paid care, this is usually an urgent problem uh, that you have to address immediately and can take a huge amount of resources in terms of time and money and energy to solve. This leaves you little bandwidth to think about the larger issues at play. So let's take the situation of early childhood care. Even before COVID, this was logistically challenging, expensive, and fell totally on individual families to sort out. If you were becoming a parent for the first time, there's a steep learning curve in understanding the daycare market that you must face, along with all the challenges of new parenthood, like sleep deprivation and navigating paid work with your new responsibilities, et cetera, et cetera. All of these things have become even more challenging now with the number of centers that closed permanently during COVID and how many daycares struggle to find and retain staff. Thankfully, COVID has also helped people realize that there are systemic forces that make the zero to five care market so difficult. And it's not a personal failing that individual parents can't find spots or afford rising costs. Once parents finally land on a quote solution, regardless of how compromised or untenable it is, individuals want to just take a break from feeling immersed in this problem. It's understandable that people want to create some sense of functional normalcy. So we break it up into small chunks and think, only two more years until I'm finally done paying for daycare. We want to see this problem as discrete. But while many of us are just trying to take it one day at a time, the reality is that the daycare struggle is not a blip or a short-term hardship. It is often just a first gauntlet followed by a lifetime of social failures around care. Idea number two, we need to expand our time horizon. Too often, we see the need for care as short-term and temporary, rather than a general norm of life. For some people, there are periods of care intensity interspersed with lulls of calm. Everyone needs a reality reframe that having care responsibilities as an adult is actually the norm. Not having any is a rare anomaly. Zero to five challenges for children are followed by aftercare and summer camp boondoggles. Paid family leave inequities are a different side of the same coin of Medicaid challenges for disabled people and Medicare navigation for the elderly. Dealing with outrageous costs for daycare is the different side of the same coin from dealing with outrageous costs of long-term care. And guess what? Daycare worker shortages and bus driver shortages and aftercare worker shortages and summer camp counselor shortages and teacher shortages and home health aid worker shortages and nursing home worker shortages are all deeply intertwined. Without working systemically to have government support to raise all of these workers' pay, treat them as professionals and improve their conditions, all signs point to a world where care consumers will likely spend their lives hopping between these quote-unquote acute labor crises. Some people might squeeze in a carefree decade somewhere but most need to realize that while the specifics will change, caregiving will be constant. Awakening to this can help us open our minds to why we need to get educated and involved on all of these issues even if we aren't living them in this exact moment. Idea number three, we need to center more kinds of people. High-profile national discussions about the care crisis often focus on the experience of the care consumer and not the care worker, the care business owner, or the larger costs to adjacent industries and society as a whole. It was only recently that these stories around child care or elder care were told regularly at all. So what I'm suggesting is not silencing the voices we're hearing, but just adding many more to the mix. The more we push the care crisis as a social problem affecting everyone rather than a limited problem for some customers, the easier it will be to build coalitions for change. Parents and caregivers are a very important part of the movement, but real social change will not come from trying to organize people who see themselves as experiencing a personal and temporary hardship. So I despise the question. If things are so bad for parents, why don't they organize? Asking the people who have the least time to give and are shouldering the literal costs for a broken care system is itself an unjust framing. Unionizing care workers, organizing business alliances, involving economic justice and living wage advocates, bringing in economists and politicians who are concerned about labor shortages and activating nonprofit and faith groups are key to building coalitions that can keep up the de- determination required to make plotting progress. Take, for example, the case of the state of New Mexico that recently added access and 150 million dollars a year of funding for child care to their constitution through a ballot initiative. While some news organizations say it took a year of lobbying, it actually took 12 years of organizing and even primarying conservative Democrats blocking their way to achieve this goal. They also had many power building and smaller legislative victories along the way. So I'm not highlighting the scope of the problem to be depressing or overwhelming. I'm doing it to try to help people see that their current experience is a dot In the continuum of caregiving and argue for why we need to cultivate a long game of solidarity. What that looks like in practice is handing out water bottles to picketing home health workers when you had to take the day off because your kid's daycare class was closed due to staffing shortages. It's writing letters to the county commissioner to increase the after-school budget even though your kids are old enough to stay home alone. It's voting to raise your own taxes for universal pre-K initiative, even if you are happily child-free. It's giving your house cleaner a raise because you can afford it, even if she didn't ask for it. It's advocating for your company to include elder care in their family leave policy, even if your own parents are still in great health. I've thought a lot about what 21st 21st century consciousness raising group could look like, what, what those kinds of groups could look like across the board. So consciousness raising was a feminist initiative in the 1970s where women got together in small groups in living rooms to share personal stories of sexism and encourage each other to connect them to larger social structures. The practice fizzled out in the 80s and I've mused about what it could look like if this was revived with some lens on motherhood or capitalism or caregiving or some combination of the three. Honestly, double shift membership is probably the closest thing out there to this idea as far as I can see. But until this idea catches on more widely, we must navigate our own crises while recognizing we are each just one story. But together we can be part of a larger movement. I hope you enjoyed this newsletter. It was supported in part by the Better Life Lab at New America and you our members for this week's members only thread i'll be asking double shifters what was one of the moments that you realized care in america wasn't just a personal problem but that much larger forces were at play i loved our recent members only threads we've had some really great ones there was one on what money topics we should talk about more i also really enjoyed the one on things that you Have discovered that you really like now that you have kids or you've tapped back into them now that you've had kids, that was a really fun one. So be sure to check out those threads and this one coming tomorrow. And as always, thank you so much for being members of the Double Shift. I absolutely cannot do this without your support. So just a reminder on Tuesday, April 25th at 1 p.m., We will be having our double-shift members-only hangout, 1 p.m. Eastern, and it is about adult friendships. It's about how you make friends after the age of 25, especially, you know, as so many of us have gone through some big life transitions in the last few years, including moving, having new children, etc., And so I will be sharing some ideas and it will be very participatory and I'll be asking you all to share ideas. We'll also be doing breakout rooms so you all can get to know each other a little bit more and create some other meaningful connections. It's going to be really fun. I hope you can come 1 p.m. Eastern, April 25th. And I look forward to seeing you there. That's all. Thanks again so much for being a member of The Double Shift.